This is a Cross of Grace Lutheran Church Sermon Podcast. On October 18th, 2020, we gathered virtually to worship on the 20th Sunday after Pentecost. Pastor Aaron preached from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 22, verses 15 through 22. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap him, it's Jesus, in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, We know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And so they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is on this? And whose title? They answered, The emperor's. And Jesus said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. And when they heard this, they were amazed. And they left him and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. So on the surface, this is a story of people trying to trick Jesus by asking him a question that seems to have only two answers, either of which will get Jesus in trouble. But Jesus answers in a way that sidesteps the trap. Now, you don't have to know anything else about Scripture or Christian theology, and this story will still teach you the lesson that there's always a more gracious and true divine way to live in which you break free from the false dichotomy of either or, black, white, right, wrong, in a world that seems so focused on either or, the way of Christ is always predominantly both and. Now that's an important point, but watch what happens when you bring an awareness of just a couple other scriptural and historical truths into this story. First, uh, recall the first of the Ten Commandments. Uh, Dig back in your catechism brain here, or maybe your Bethel Bible study. Uh, Exodus 20. Verses four through six says this. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or worship them for I, the Lord, your God, am a jealous God, punishing the children for the iniquity of parents to the third and fourth generation of those who reject me but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commands. See, for the Hebrew people, the core tenet of their faith, the first commandment was that there is no God except for the Lord. 
And every visual depiction of the Lord was forbidden. No idols, no graven images, no exceptions. Now also know this. A denarius, the coin in question in today's story, was a Roman coin. Rome, of course, was the occupying and oppressive cultural, political, military empire in the region at the time. And as with American currency, the denarius included an image of an important political leader. In this case, the emperor, Tiberius. And as with American currency, there was an inscription around that image. Each denarius was inscribed with the phrase, Tiberius, son of the divine Augustus. Or in other words, Tiberius, the son of God. So, with those two points in mind, let's revisit this story. The Pharisees and the Herodians, who are otherwise groups that are at odds with each other, have come together and are trying to trick Jesus by asking him a question that seems to have only two answers, either of which will get Jesus in trouble. And just when they think they have him cornered, Jesus asks them to show them show him the coin used to pay the tax to Caesar. And the second that coin emerges from the purse of the Pharisees, they are exposed as hypocrites and blasphemers. Now, it might seem subtle uh, when we read it, but the effect is much the same as that climactic scene of your favorite law drama where the truth finally comes out in the climax of this episode and everyone gasps in astonishment. Okay, so let's try this again. And this time, I want you to gasp in astonishment at the end of this next sentence. Okay, let's try this again. The second that coin emerges from the purse, the Pharisees and Herodians are exposed as hypocrites and blasphemers. Yes. Why why is that gasp worthy? Well, here they are in the holy temple, caught, red-handed, with the very definition of idolatry. A coin with a graven image of something and someone other than the Lord claiming to be God. Every Hebrew knew that it was blasphemous to have such a coin in the holy temple, which is actually why they had money changers in the temple. You might recall that story also. So Jesus doesn't even have to answer their question at this point because the Pharisees and the Herodians' credibility has been destroyed. And yet Jesus does answer, essentially saying, oh, that thing, that sacrilegious and worthless coin, yeah, give that to the sacrilegious and worthless leader who occupies and oppresses us. I don't care. The only thing I care about is that you give everything else to the one and only real God, the Lord. Now, the text says that the Pharisees and Herodians walked away amazed. But you can use your imagination and come up with a better word to describe their emotions at that moment. I imagine it wasn't so much that they were amazed as it was that they were embarrassed. 
ashamed, exposed, humiliated, and humbled. See, hypocrisy is one of the worst characteristics anyone, especially a leader, can demonstrate. And yet, there's no consistent punishment for hypocrisy. It's not against the law to be a hypocrite. You can't be arrested for being a hypocrite. And if you find enough people who agree with you, you can all be hypocrites together and never have to deal with the consequences. Hypocrites change the rules of the game to suit their own needs. And they get away with it as long as, in their mind, the ends justify the means. And my friends, when power is concerned, hypocrites are confident that the ends always, always justify the means. Now, the good news of this biblical lesson is that Jesus demonstrates that the Lord God is equipped to humble and weaken those who employ hypocrisy in order to cling to and preserve and exercise worldly power. The way of Jesus Christ cuts through hypocrisy and exposes its weakness. True power comes from God and from being a disciple of Christ. Tiberius, he can have his coins, but God gets everything else, everything that is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable, as in Philippians 4.8. The good news, my Christian brothers and sisters, is that we do not belong to Caesar. Rather, we belong to God. We are not created in Caesar's image. We are created in God's image. The good news is that the hypocrisy of worldly leaders, as well as our own, is always exposed when subjected to the light of Christ. Anyone who amasses worldly power by changing the rules of the game and justifies it by claiming that the ends justify the means, they will walk away amazed or humbled or defeated by Christ. So on a personal level, this is an invitation for all of us to engage in the regular practice of prayerful introspection, of mindfulness, of evaluation, to in, order, in order to see if we are carrying around any graven images that is anything in our purse or bank account or social media feed, perhaps, that proves that we pledge allegiance to something or someone other than God alone. Now, once we identify these graven images, and we absolutely all have them, Once we identify these graven images, then we can humbly and confidently come before the Lord in confession. And having identified and confessed our graven image, our idol, the thing to which we give all the glory instead of God. Once we've identified and confessed our graven image, we receive the forgiveness, the freedom. And the true power to walk in the light of Christ 
and make a positive difference in the world. Hear the good news and be the good news. Amen. the sand into mud Wind turns the trees into bone Stars turning high up above You turn me into somebody You turn.